This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Do you remember all the people you've wronged? One of them might be out to get you. This world is a strange one. Don't get me wrong. When I say witch in this video, I'm talking about the evil creatures and vengeful people who are out to harm others. So if you believe yourself to be a witch, you're probably not the type of witch I'm talking about. With that out of the way, and even though people are still gonna be butthurt, let's look at some allegedly real encounters with creepy witches. Remember, you can always send me your own true scary stories via the links in the description. We're currently looking for scary prom stories. Number one, The Witch of the Towpath, submitted by Metalhead One. Let me start off by saying I've never really held stock in anything ghost or paranormal related. I guess I'm an atheist at my roots, and I love science and logic. But one dark night in my hometown of Williamsport, Maryland, changed the way I think completely. It happened nearly 10 years ago when I was 16 going on 17 in my hometown. It was one of those places like everybody knows everybody, not a lot of crime, hardly any violence, beyond the occasional bar fight that ended up in the streets. All that being said, I loved it there. It was peaceful, serene. I moved away though after I graduated high school and still miss it to this day. Anyway, at the time, my girlfriend and I had just broken up. It was a pretty bad and ugly breakup, 
I was saddened and angry. I had been very much in love with that girl, but breakups happen. Even as a knucklehead teen, I knew this, but I felt distant. I suddenly felt distant from everyone and everything. I wanted to be alone completely. So I told my folks I was going to one of my many close-knit friends. It was a lie though. I had no intention to do that. So I walked to the towpath that wasn't far from my house. The walk was always relaxing and therapeutic. Walking the towpath, I admired nature and the river nearby. All of it became even more gorgeous during sunset. It really helped me calm down and helped me think better. I keep walking through the towpath a good ways in and there's not a soul in sight that night. It was getting pretty dark, but I had no care in the world, not with me being emotional at the time. At one point I sat down, stewing in my emotions and contemplating how I lost her. I'm man enough to admit I cried a little too. As I'm sitting there in the near darkness, completely alone, I suddenly felt the sensation, that cliched feeling people always say they have. It's a real thing, like someone is watching you nearby, someone you can't see, but you know they're there. I've read this phrase many times before, but never did I believe that it actually happened. Yet there I sat, with absolutely no fear in my heart, when something put me on edge. I felt chills and goosebumps, I stayed quiet for a while, steadying my breathing to listen, and that's when I heard a rustling in the leaves, maybe 30 or 40 yards away. Right away, I assumed it was a bear. It sounded heavier than the smaller animals, like squirrels or raccoons, so that's what I assumed it was. But bears are pretty rare around these parts. Still, I wasn't about to take a chance with that. I just thought I'd get out of there. I began to steadily jog away. Then I began to convince myself that I'm just imagining things. I slowed down back to a walk, and I laughed to myself, thinking about how silly I'm being. When I hear this out of nowhere, leave now, my goosebumps and chills return tenfold as I spin around, facing where the sound had come from. Keep in mind at this point, it's completely dark out, not pitch black, but enough to be pretty eerie. And then I see her. Not too far from me, there's a silhouette of a woman. She's hard to see, as she appears to be wearing all black. My heart sank, and for the first time in my life, I felt like my life was in danger. The woman raised one spindly hand towards me and reached out her finger a bony, withered finger. I wasn't welcome there, and I knew if I didn't listen to the scary woman, she was going to do something unthinkable to me. Without even knowing it, perhaps by instinct, my eyes were searching for her face, and they found it. She was wrinkly and thin. Half of her teeth were gone, and where her eyes should have been were empty sockets. I snapped myself out of the paralysis, and I bolted out of there as fast as I could, all those years of sports finally paying off for something important. I exerted every muscle I had, afraid that if I didn't get away from this woman, I wouldn't be alive any longer. 
After maybe 20 yards of running, I turned behind me, fully expecting her to be gone or away from me. But somehow, she was closer than before, still pointing, but motionless. It was like she was gliding towards me. That's impossible. I turned away again, facing ahead of me. I could see the end of the towpath. I closed my eyes and sprinted until I felt the gravel just before you get to the bridge. I opened my eyes. The bridge was so close, yet so far. Again, rather hesitant this time, I turned around to look at the woman, and immediately I felt tons of relief. She was further away now, but still gliding toward me. This time I couldn't take my eyes off of her, off of the danger that was approaching, but I kept running not even looking where I was going. And right before my eyes, she seemed to evaporate. Like smoke in the wind, she was just gone. But I'm not nearly done running. I run all the way to my friend's house, the nearest place I felt safe at, and I frantically try to tell them and his dad what I just experienced. Of course, my friend was skeptical and even laughed at me. But for some odd reason, his father took me seriously and believed every word. It turns out, his father has seen the witch of the towpath himself. That's the name he gave her. He claims it's a specter of an old witch that died there, and that to this day, she haunts the towpath and will chase anyone away who gets too close. I don't know, I'm still torn about what I saw, I don't know what it was, but the way it moved was inhuman. The way it looked was inhuman. Maybe it really was a witch, or maybe it was my grief-filled mind hallucinating something terrifying. I don't think I'll ever know. Number two, the witch played with mud. Submitted by Jose. This happened to my dad a long time ago. He was about 10 years old. He and his brother, Sergio, were out in the fields of Michoacan, feeding the cattle with his father. He said after a long day, they would go to the lake where the water was drinkable and they would clean themselves because after a hard day, it was nice to drink fresh water and get clean. The sun was beginning to set at that time and my dad asked if he and his brother, who was nine years old at the time, if it was time to go to the lake. After 30 minutes of walking, they arrived. Everything was quiet enough that you could hear only his toes moving on top of the grass. He found the silence odd, but he continued to the water to get a drink with his brother as they gulped cups of water from their hands. They saw a reflection below them Immediately, the two boys felt shock, and my father recalls his face going white as they saw a woman in the reflection. She sat atop a boulder behind them in a white gown, and she had jet black hair. They couldn't make out her face, but she was sitting there on the rock, making round circular shaped mud balls with her hands. Suddenly, his brother slapped the water in fear, forcing the reflective image to be nothing but ripples. The two of them backed away from the water and turned around, 
to see their dad facing the woman on the boulder. With the mud ball in her thin hand, she said to the two boys, I miseos, which means, oh, my children. Right away, my dad grabbed my uncle Sergio, who was still in shock at the sight of the woman, and together they ran back to their dad. My dad grabbed his father by the hand, and together the three of them ran away, but not before their father was tempted to look back. He did, and the lady responded with a vile scream. She sounded like she was in pain or angry. After running for another 16 or 17 minutes, thinking they're finally safe, their father knelt down before them and asked the children, what happened back there? And my dad, being a child still and believing all the boogeymans from the stories he's been told, he knew what to say. He knew who she was. So he replied, La Llorona, which means the weeping woman. His dad was of course skeptical. La Llorona was simply a bedtime story to them. Instead, his father simply thought that it was a crazed woman. Later that same day, his father went back with a rifle this time, but he didn't find any trace of the woman who'd been there, but he found the mud balls she had been making. Ever since then, no one in their family would go back to the lake, not without protection, and perhaps because he may believe the story of La Llorona, their father would keep close as the children drank from the water. I often go to Mexico to visit my family, and I wanna tell you the lady my dad saw is real. At least I know she's real. I've heard her before, her screaming, her crying. It's something you don't want to hear, especially in the middle of the night. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number three, The Christmas Witch, submitted by Nicotine Queen. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the last Christmas that we had as a whole family. By that I mean my mom, dad, and sister, and myself. You see, my parents divorced when I was seven, and this was around that time. I'd always believed in ghosts and spirits, whatever you choose to call them. My mother and grandmother do as well. It was a belief they passed down to their children. I grew up in a single wide trailer in a pretty busy trailer park in the lower thumb of Michigan. It was so cold that year, and I recall playing outside with my friends that Christmas Eve. We went sledding down a makeshift snow hill near the playground in the center of the park itself. My friends and I stayed until it was getting dark, and then we rushed home to start the festivities. The way home, I began to feel a sense of dread, which was so odd as it was almost Christmas. I should have been excited, not worried about something. I tried to shake the feeling, thinking it was just my anxiety, which I had even at that young age. Soon I got home and walked inside, and that's where things began to feel off. Immediately, I knew something was going on with my parents, yet at the time, I wasn't even sure what the word divorce meant. My sister, who was four years older than me, did understand though, and I think it was her vibes that she knew what was going on that sent me off the edge. Everyone and everything else felt fake, like an act, like they were putting on a show, like they knew it was going to be the last Christmas together. Fast forward to my sister and I getting ready for bed. At this point, I'd forgotten or simply ignored that impending sense of doom. I remember being in the bath. I had my plastic critters in there for fun. I went under the water and that feeling of dread all but overwhelmed me. Now, I can't open my eyes underwater, not without goggles, even non-chlorinated water, but I felt as if someone was looming right over the bathtub in such a way, I thought they'd push my head down with their hand at any moment and drown me. Terrified, I jumped up, gasping for air. My mom heard me and yelled, are you okay? Breathing heavily, I replied, yeah, I'm fine. Just got water stuck in my throat is all, wrong tube. Creepy as it was, nothing was there. I was alone in the bathroom. Slowly, I got out. I can't explain it, but I felt that if I made any sudden movements, or if I even acknowledged the fact that something was in there with me, things would get worse. Once I was out of that bathroom, I walked down the hall to my family in the living room. This part is important due to the layout of my house. When you walked into the front door, you were immediately in the living room. To your right is the kitchen and my mom's room was in the very front. If you looked left, it'd be the rest of the living room and then the hallway. The first room on the left of the hallway was my room that I shared with my sister, then the washer and dryer and then the bathroom. The very end of the house had our playroom. I wasn't able to sleep alone back then, so I wasn't able to utilize the extra room, not until I turned 12. 
Well, we sat down on the couch next to the front door and we watched a Christmas movie, ate some holiday snacks until it was time to go to bed. But when that time came, I felt like I absolutely could not leave the comfort of my mom and dad and I begged to sleep with them. Something was wrong, I just didn't know what, but I would in a few hours, unfortunately. Sadly, they said no, something I wouldn't understand until I grew up myself. So they sent me to bed and I dragged my feet the whole way. My sister and I had bunk beds back then. I was on top and she had the bottom bunk. To say I was a light sleeper would be an understatement, but my sister, she could sleep through the end of the world. She was already curled up and lightly snoring and by the time I was able to close my eyes at all, and try to force myself to sleep. Finally though, it came. It was probably around two or three hours later, if I had to guess. I was awakened from a deep sleep and my eyes shot open. I felt so cold and everything around me seemed darker than normal. I was facing the wall and slowly, I turned over onto my other side expecting to see my worst nightmare. But there was nothing there. I sighed in relief. I shut my eyes once more and tried to doze off. From my room, you could make out the light from the tree. My eyes shot open again when I thought I heard something. I thought maybe one of our cats was playing with the ornaments. They would always knock the whole tree over from that. My second thought was maybe Santa. Excitedly, I got up. My anxious heart was racing, which had totally drowned out my doubt and fear that I'd been having. But still, something deep down was telling me to stop, telling me that I shouldn't move and that I should go back to bed. I should have listened. I had gently and as quietly as possible climbed down the ladder. As soon as I hit the ground, it enveloped me fear. I almost ran back up, but oddly, as much as I was scared, I knew I had to look. As I made my way across the room, I noticed the previous sound was gone, the sound of ornaments being clanked and moved. I reached the end, and the doorway loomed over me like a gateway to hell. I peeked over the side, my palms sweating like it was 100 degrees in there, and my heart felt like it was going to explode. Then I saw the figure, and I almost passed out from fright. There was someone standing by my tree with her back slightly turned toward me. It was an old woman. Well, what I thought was an old woman anyway. From that angle, all I could make out was her long, stringy grayish hair. It was white and seemed to flow with no wind. She was wearing a black cloak, which was hooded over her head. She seemed to be looking at our tree. I watched her grab one of the ornaments, look it over, and then place it in an area of the tree it wasn't at before. This is important for later, keep that in mind. Then I noticed something that made me sick. Her hands, her hands were rotten. You could see where her flesh was coming off. Her bones were poking through. 
When I saw that, I must have made some noise because she slowly turned around. It was like slow motion. I froze in place, and when I saw her face, I thought I was going to die. She wore a smile on that face that clearly wasn't human. It stretched across her face and made all the veins and muscles show. Her teeth were dark yellow, and some were even black, where she had teeth anyway and her eyes were black pits with a hint of white far back in her skull. Suddenly, to my horror, she motioned for me to come closer, and that somehow broke my trance. I booked it back into bed, covered my head with sheets and a blanket, and I cried. I must have managed to pass out at some point, because the next thing I knew, it was Christmas Day, I sat up, looked around, and thought I just had a bad nightmare. I couldn't have been more relieved. I made my way to where everyone was waiting for me, and we began to open gifts. As we sat playing with our new treasures, I happened to look up at the tree, and then my heart sank. The ornament, the same ornament from my supposed nightmare, it was in the same place the woman had left it, not where we had put it. I'd remember that. I'd put almost all those ornaments on the tree myself. I must have looked white as a ghost because my dad asked me if I was sick. I said I was fine and pretended to be, but deep down, something clicked. Something was wrong. Later on, I talked to my mother and explained what had happened. When I told her, she got a look on her face, a look that made me more scared. She had heard it too the previous night, and like me, she nearly assumed it was the cats playing with the ornaments, but then she said something else, something I didn't know about until then. She'd locked up the cats in the extra room so that they wouldn't cause any problems with the Christmas tree. Still, even if it was cats, somehow, how did the ornament end up in a different spot? When she realized I was about to cry, she immediately tried to change her story, saying that I probably dreamt it after hearing that sound, yada yada. Bravely, in the middle of my tears, I reached up to grab the ornament, and I looked it over. There was a single scratch mark on the ornament, as if one sharply nailed thumb had skimmed across the surface. I went to show my mother, but she just changed her story again, completely conflicting with her last one, saying that she had changed it last night after she got out of bed, but she had just told me that she didn't get out of bed last night, even after hearing those sounds. Better yet, her face said it all. There was a look of panic and horror on her face, a look I've never seen my mom have before. That may have been the scariest part of all. I knew what I'd seen was real. I knew I'd been awake, and I haven't a clue what that woman was, who she was, and why she was there. Ever since then, I've hated Christmas. Still, I get that feeling every once in a while around that time of year, but I've never seen her again, thank God.
Deep in my heart, I'm afraid that one day I will though. That's what I'm scared of the most. And number four, Witch in the Park, submitted by Anonymous. This story doesn't take place in the US. It takes place instead in Southeastern Europe, in Croatia to be more precise, in the city of Dubrovnik. If any of you have seen Game of Thrones, you might recall the scene of Joffrey's wedding. The park where that scene took place is the very same park in which my story took place. Now, the park isn't that large at all. Even in the most isolated spot of the place, you're probably just two minutes of walking distance away from the nearest house. You could probably walk through the entire park in just 10 minutes, but when it gets dark, that's not to say it doesn't get really, really creepy. The first part of the story happened probably a bit less than a year ago. My girlfriend and I were walking in the more wooded area of the little park. But still, even there, we were about 10 seconds away from the nearest house. My girlfriend is the type to be easily scared, so I was poking fun of her for being scared at the park. She was begging to leave, but I assured her we had nothing to worry about, that we'd be leaving in a minute or two. But as I explained to her why she shouldn't be scared, we suddenly heard something that scared both of us. I can best describe it as a witch's cackle, like that cliche cackle you hear in kids' movies. Before that, the whole night, we hadn't heard any previous noise, no signs of people talking or walking or being out there at all, nothing like it. Nor did it come from the direction of the houses I mentioned before, it came from the only direction there were no people, no civilization. And as we stood there frozen in the silence after that cackle, we saw a figure in the distance, a thin and frail figure walking in an odd gait, as if there was something wrong with their shoulder or side. Whoever it was had their hands up to their chest and their head cocked to the side as they sort of limped towards us. That was all it took for us to start running out of there. Once we were on the road again, my girlfriend began crying out of fear. We mostly wrote off the experience as someone screwing with us, that maybe we were the center of some prank, but the memory of it still haunts us a bit, and we didn't return to that park together for some time. The next part of the story takes place half a year after that, somewhere a bit before the December of 2016. This time, my girlfriend or anybody else wasn't present there. It happened somewhere around three to five in the morning. I can't remember exactly. Now I'll say it, I was drunk, but not the drunk people imagine when somebody says drunk. I'd basically drunk enough that I would be relaxed, enough to dance at a previous club I'd been at. So as the night was passing and the last drink I had was hours ago, I started to feel more and more sober. I wasn't in many clubs in my life, so I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but the first sign of getting sober in this club isn't the return of your self-awareness or the realization of how bad you danced. More so, it's the heat. 
the unbearable heat that drives anybody insane, except the one who's drunk, because they're too drunk to notice. So as I said before, I was getting sober, and the heat was getting unbearable. So I decided to go take a walk. During my walk, I felt I needed to relieve myself. And since I didn't feel like going back to that hell just yet, and I didn't want to be a jerk and pee on someone's door, I decided to take my call of nature to nature herself. I walked up the nearby hill to the park, and I didn't venture too deep, maybe 50 meters from the entrance, and I started going. But when I heard that same laugh my girlfriend and I had heard before, the same cackle coming roughly from the same direction, my whole body just stopped. I froze for a second, took the next few silent moments to finish what I was doing, and I walked as fast as I could out of there without stumbling to the ground. As I walked away from the park entrance, I looked back and there was someone else there, the same feminine and frail figure as before. It was facing me before I heard that cackle come again, and this time I knew it was coming from her, whatever it was. I haven't had any similar experiences since then, and I haven't heard of anyone else having those experiences. It's a frequent place to walk your dog during the day and a popular spot for all sorts of metalheads and hipsters. So I hope it's just some random coincidence. I hope it is a continuation of a prank, even if there were months between those incidents. Nothing else makes sense, and I really hope it's not some witch trying to scare the wits out of me. Be careful out there. Day or night, whether you're walking through the park or the woods, stay aware of your surroundings. You might just hear the cackle of an evil witch or the cries of La Llorona. If you do, you better run and pray. Maybe she's just in a mood to play with you, but then again, she could be in a mood to make you the next missing person, the next meaty portion of her pot of stew. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And remember, you can send me your true scary stories via the links in the description. As always, stay safe out there and stay creepy.